Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you're enjoying your day. I know here in Colorado, we're so thankful to get some moisture. It's been very dry. So thank you, Lord, for giving us that moisture today. The heart and purpose of Calvary Live is for you to be able to call in uh, with your questions about the Word or things that are going on in your life. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send me a text. It's a great way to be part of the program is to text a question, a prayer request, 720-336-0897. Again, the number to call is 303-690-3000. Also, I'd like to welcome all of our listeners on the East Coast at Truth FM and Hope FM. Thank you guys for listening and participating in our program. I've been meditating on Psalms 40 and want to read that at the beginning of today's show. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. You know, are you going through difficulty or, or challenge? Is there an answer that you're waiting on uh, from the Lord? Sometimes the Lord just has us in that place of waiting uh, upon him, waiting for him and inclining our ear uh, uh, to him. And he's listening to us. And he's brought me out of that horrible pit, out of a miry clay and set my feet upon the rock and established my steps. He's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear the Lord and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and doesn't respect the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. So hopefully you're encouraged today by Psalms uh, 40. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. It's great to have you join us. Thanks so much uh, for listening. The number to call if you have a prayer request or a question about the Word or things going on in your life, love being able to talk about real things, is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to our phone lines to April in Denver. April, welcome to the program. April, are you there on line one? All right. Well, April, feel free to give us a call back there. Looks like we lost you. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We do have all of our lines open. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Can jump over and uh, take a text question uh, that has come in. Thanks so much for sending that to me. Given the fact that past generations of Christians have misinterpreted the Bible, with regards to interracial marriage and slavery, how do we know that we are interpreting the Bible correctly with regards to uh, homosexual uh, marriage? 
This is a, a good question, and you know, one of the things I'd like to clarify in, in this question is not all of the church uh, uh, got it wrong on, on marriage. Uh, this this issue of interracial marriage that wasn't the teaching of the, the whole entire church. Some of the church. Uh, interpreted the Bible and, and taught it that way. And the same with slavery. Uh, the, you know, the church never uh, fully embraced slavery, though parts of, of the church did. And when it comes to interpreting Scripture, uh, thankfully, uh, we have a clear grid of being able to understand uh, the, the Word of God. And in Genesis uh, chapters 1 and 2, uh, God made it very clear what His definition of, of marriage is. And I read to you out of Genesis 1, uh, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. And then God goes on to define marriage. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then we go further into Genesis, and we see God creating Adam and creating Eve, uh, and then them being introduced to each other uh, in marriage. And the scripture very clearly says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become uh, one flesh. So I think it's with absolute certainty that we can say God's design uh, for marriage is a man and a woman being joined together inside of the, the commitment of marriage. A great question, and I know uh, that's a hot topic uh, these days. So thank you for sending that in. We are live in studio. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's go to line one to David in Littleton. David, welcome to the program. Hey, Eric. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing today? Uh, not too bad. Um, I was just calling in for a prayer request just because, uh, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people know today is 420. So, um, so I, I work downtown, and as I was leaving... I left a little early because obviously it's crowded down by the Capitol and everything. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm just kind of just wanted to throw out a prayer request that nobody does anything stupid, um, and you know nobody gets hurt doing something. Yeah. So you bet. Well, let's pray, uh, Father. We just come before you, and Lord, we see so many people, uh, especially here in Colorado, that. Uh, are searching. Lord, they're empty, and uh, Lord, they're turning to so many things to try to fulfill their hearts and, and their minds. And, and as today's 420, and many people are, are celebrating uh, marijuana, God, we just pray that uh, the gospel will go forth, that many people would come to know you. Um, Lord, that in your grace that you would keep them safe, but also ultimately, Lord, that you would turn our state to you, that we'd be looking to you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, thanks for David's heart, uh, his heart for his city, his heart for his state, and I pray that you would use him in a powerful way. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank, cool. thanks thank for you. calling. I appreciate the, Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text 720-336-0897. Let's go to Sharon on line two in Longmont. Sharon, welcome to the program. Thank you, and thank you for taking my question. Um, I was doing a Bible study with one of my granddaughters who is 10, and in her Bible study, uh, it had her listing 
everything that God had done the first seven days. And one of the things that my um, my daughter and I found out is that we were a little confused because on um, the twenty and uh, verse twenty six in chapter one, it talk God says, "Let us make man kind in our image, in our likeness, mm-hmm. so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals." Uh, but anyway, and then it goes on to say on the seventh day, he rests. Then in chapter 2, it goes on uh, from verse 4 to verse 7, talking about how he had created Adam and Eve. So we were a little, con- not concerned, but a little confused by why um, verse 26 is in there, 27, I should say, Um it, it sounds like he created them before he was finished on the seventh day, but then it goes on after the seventh day to talk about Adam and then creating Eve. So did he create, the, create them after the seven days, or was it before? That's a good good question. You know, when I look at chapters 2 and 3 of Genesis, especially chapter 2, is it seems like in chapter 1, God is giving the broad overview of creation. And then in chapter 2, he zooms in and he gives us the detailed close-up look account of creating Adam and Eve. And so I do think that Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day, and Eve, you know, Adam was created before Eve, but then chapter two is is giving us the the detailed accounts. Uh, so in chapter one, God's giving us the big bullet points, and then chapter two, He's giving us the details, He's showing us this is exactly how I created Adam and Eve because Adam and Eve are created in God's image, and so they're the priority of his creation, and so he gives us more detail on how he created Adam and Eve. And so that's how I best understand the the, the timeline of, of chapter 1 and 2. But it's a great question. That makes sense. Well, it was a little confusing for my daughter and I. We said, well, there you go. That's why we study the Bible, because... Yeah. Often, and when I when I went into my study Bible, it really didn't explain anything. It just talked about it, and it didn't go on to say, "Well, the details were more in chapter two or anything like that." So I thought, "Oh gosh, I you know, I, I missed something here." I mean, <laughs> yeah. I read those scripture verses so many times, and now it's like, "Okay, what is it really saying?" So I knew you would be the person to. Um, ask that question up, so I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're welcome, and how awesome that you're studying the Bible together. That's really cool. So God bless you. Thanks for calling. Well, you're welcome. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Lena in Denver on line three. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. So, I have a question, and I, I don't, I don't really know how to ask it. Um, my mom, my mother was buried last year, and um, we did a Christian ceremony for her, and not a Catholic ceremony. She was raised Catholic, I, as as well as I was, um, and 
I have a dispute in my family. I'm her only child. Um, okay. So it was left up to me, but she wanted to be a born-again Christian. She wanted to be baptized Christian, mm-hmm. but she, mm-hmm. she got real sick, and she wasn't able to do the ceremony because she ended up in the hospital with pneumonia. She was a dialysis patient. She was very sick, mm. very, very ill. Wow. Um, but there's an argument in my family about my beliefs of what I thought she wanted, okay. you know, and um, I know she wanted to be buried. I, I mean, I know she wanted to, I knew she was going to a Christian church every single Sunday mm-hmm. as willing as she was able to, because like I said, she got real sick okay. and um, she did not get to be baptized as she wanted to as an adult as Christian. Hmm. Okay. So because of the sacraments of uh, Catholicism and not being able to bury her Catholic, there's a kind of a dispute about if she's going to go to heaven or not, or if she did. Yeah. I believe she did. Well, you know, thankfully the, the Scripture clear, clears that up for us, and, and in Romans 10 uh, it tells us, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And then in John 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So so what saves a person is not what church they go to or how they're buried um, or their baptism, but it's faith in Christ, and specifically if they believe that Jesus is God, that he died for their sins and rose again and have submitted to him as the Lord of their life. And if that's true, the Bible tells us they have everlasting life. Um, And so I think as you look at your mom's life, if you saw that sincere faith in Christ for salvation, you have that assurance that she's with the Lord. She read the Bible every day. She sang hymns around the house, you know, just made up her own songs. Yeah. When she was able to go to church on Sunday, she went almost every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like in your heart you know that she, she loved Christ and trusted in Christ, and you have that assurance of, of everlasting life. Lena, can I pray for you and pray that God would comfort you as you try to process your mom's death? And Yes, please pray for me. Okay. Pray Father, for I my thank son you for... Anthony, too. Okay. Because he's... Um... He's locked up, and he doesn't want to get out because he knows he'll go back to the drugs. Okay. And he was uh, living with my mom before she got sick. All right, let's let's pray for you. Father, I thank you for Lena, and I do pray for your comfort and your peace. Uh, Lord, as she walks through uh, the death of her mom, and Lord, would you encourage her and just pour out uh, your your spirit upon her? Um, Lord, we thank you for your promises of eternal life. We also pray for her son, Anthony. Uh, Lord, as he's locked up right now, that you would encourage him and bless him and move powerfully in his life. And so, Lord, we we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank well, you. God bless you, Lena. Thanks, thanks for calling. God bless you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. The number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Thanks for listening today. Let's go to Leslie in Colorado Springs. Leslie, welcome to the program. Hi. 
Thank you. Um, I had a question. I am. I had a question in regards to the Book of Revelation and the churches. I had done like a study before, like a few years ago, and they talked about the churches being um, in church. The churches being in relation to symbolic, like of a time frame. And mm-hmm. at that time, when I was studying it, it said that the Church of um, I forgot how you say it. I don't know how to say it. Laodicea, the one we just uh-huh, studied on, on, yeah. on Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. That was interpretive of the church now, so that there is a time frame of the churches, like being being symbolic. Yeah, there there is that teaching there with uh, Revelation two and three. Some mm-hmm. see those churches as representative of church history, kind of that that each one of those churches pictures uh, a different time in in the history of of the church, and so. We can't say that like dogmatically that that okay. is is absolutely uh, what was intended by uh, those those letters, but there's definitely those that have looked at each letter and then looked at a period of of church history and kind of walked through uh, the timeline of 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 church history. So I have heard that uh, uh, taught before, and it's it's interesting to to take those seven letters and try to to match them up with with church history. Okay, that was my question. And I just wanted to tell you that I really appreciate um, the way you teach and, and the chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Um, I think it's, it's, well, it's been great for me, at least. <laughs> so I, well, I'd like thank to thank you. you. Oh. Praise the Lord. Thank, thank you, you, Leslie. You answered God my bless question. You. Have a, thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. Uh, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Jose in Aurora. Jose, welcome to the program. Hi. How you doing? Doing all right. <clears throat> I just have a quick question. Okay. Uh, it's just what I had. Okay, I, I was just seeing this movie on Netflix, and it was about this bishop called Carl J. Pearson. Uh, okay. I, I was just wondering. I don't know if you've, if you've seen it, or it's like the misleading. Like, uh, it basically in that movie says like there's no hell, which I know, you know, that there is. <laughs> you know, there is uh, all that stuff. But uh, I was just wondering what do you think about that. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the movie. I haven't uh, uh, seen the movie yet, um, but it, we do see right now uh, that it's a popular teaching to try to discredit um, hell, and we do know that hell does exist because uh, Jesus taught so much about about hell. Um, he mentions hell more than he does heaven, and I think a person really has to walk away from the scriptures to deny the reality of hell. Um, and so, yeah, you know, having not seen the movie, but if the movie, uh, you know, tries to discredit the reality of hell, then I would definitely say uh, that there's a false doctrine there. Yeah, and I'm just a growing Christian. I was a Catholic. I just started, I started like, uh, going to Calvary and really, like, uh, about two years ago, so I'm growing in the faith, and uh, and that's it. And I was just gonna see if you would pray for me and my family to uh, just having uh, little problems here and there. But 
I just uh, I want us all to grow in faith. Me and my yeah, wife. Awesome. Yeah, I'd love to love to pray for you. Father, thanks for for Jose and thank you for bringing him to Christ and your love for him, God, and thank you for his wife and his kids and Lord as he's wanting to grow in faith. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would encourage him and and encourage him in his relationship with you, give him greater uh, understanding of you, God. Um, and Lord, would you minister to his heart in a, in a very powerful way? Just strengthen him. I pray you would bless him as a worshiper, bless him as a husband, bless him as a father. Lead him through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. Thanks so much for being a part of today's show. Hope you're having a good Friday afternoon. If you've got a question about the Word or things going on in your life, you need prayer, the number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to line three to Sharon in New Jersey. Sharon, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, actually, it's Sean. Okay, sorry about that, Sean. Hi. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, yeah, my question was about uh, tongue speaking. Um, I've attended various different churches and have always felt uncomfortable when someone starts speaking in tongue because um, I thought I read somewhere in the Bible that uh, God would never speak to you um, in an unclear way. Or, or make you um, uncomfortable. Um, and then also in 1 Corinthians 14, it says that um, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. So, mm-hmm. um, so essentially, I guess the Holy Spirit is assisting man as they communicate or pray to God. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I guess I, I guess I'm not sure what my question is. It's just that yeah. sometimes I feel uncomfortable because I don't know what they're saying, and then also I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just confused about the whole process. Yeah, it's a it's a good uh, question, and so. You know, you're right. Uh, The gift of tongues is directed towards the Lord. Uh, Also, we see in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit came upon the church, uh, they spoke in tongues, and it says they they spoke the wonderful works of God. So it's directed uh, to the Lord, and God uh, chooses to uh, work in people's lives to speak in tongues, to to build them up uh, in the Lord. And so the question then is, how does that work when we're all together together? in a congregational meeting, uh, and in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 really unlock that for us and tells us if there's tongues in a, in a group meeting, then there needs to be interpretation so that all can be edified. And if there's no interpretation, then there shouldn't be uh, speaking in tongues. And then the end of uh, the chapter says, let all things done be done in decency and, and in order. Um, and so, yeah, the, God's instruction to a church is if, if there's going to be opportunity for speaking in tongues, there also needs to be opportunity for interpretation so that, that everybody can be understand and, and be uh, built up. So. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's, is it like 
when that interpretation is done, is it God speaking to the group, or is it a prayer to to God? Because I've heard it different ways. Right. And it's trying to, you know, discern the uh, authenticity of it. That's a great question, and a lot of I've heard that too. A lot of times, when there's someone who speaks in tongues, then the interpretation is usually, uh, "Thus says the Lord," and it's gr- directed towards the body. Um, and so, I think a, a true interpretation of tongues is going to be directed towards the Lord. Um, and and a lot of times, uh, that interpretation seems to be more of a word of prophecy because prophecy is directed towards towards the body, um, but tongues okay. is directed towards the Lord. So if I'm understanding the scriptures right, you know, a, a true interpretation of a tongue would be something that's directed towards God, um, not not directed towards the uh, the church. And then, um, so hopefully that brings a little bit of clarity for you. It most certainly does. Thank you so much. And can I ask you, you to pray for me, please? Because yeah. I have been um, trying to... Um, trying to do all that I can to be um, in sync with God, and um, Satan is busy. <laughs> he, okay, he's busy trying good. to um, just to see an interference. So. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, do you mind telling me your name again? Sean. Sean. Okay, yeah, let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for Sean, and uh, Lord, as she's just desiring to be in sync with you and to, to walk in your spirit and the enemies attacking her. Uh, we do pray for your protection, God, that you uh, would would allow her heart and her mind to, to be protected, Lord, and that the enemy would, would flee from her. You, you tell us in your word as, as we submit to you and resist uh, the enemy that he'll flee. I uh, pray that she would just have a refreshment uh, in you uh, this evening, great fellowship with you, uh, and that you would guard her and protect her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. I'm going to jump over and take some text questions uh, that have uh, come in. It says, how do you kick porn? Very uh, direct question, uh, and I think uh, a question that many are asking and a struggle that that many uh, are having. Um, And so uh, several things uh, come to mind. Um, And and the first is I think that it's really important to not have this struggle uh, be in isolation. Uh, For some reason, with pornography and sexual sin, it seems to be the area that we don't talk about uh, as believers. And so we want to be honest with God and also honest with with other believers uh, and really going to someone that you can trust, men opening up with other godly men, women opening up with other uh, godly women, and not going through uh, this alone, but to confess our faults to one another and pray for one another uh, that we would uh, be healed. And then also uh, transformation and victory in our lives uh, comes through uh, our union and our fellowship uh, with Christ. And so uh, to be able to focus on Christ, focus on time in his word, time in prayer, uh, memorizing scripture is extremely important. And when we're, we're tempted uh, to to sin, uh, to, to take those thoughts captive to the o- obedience uh, uh, of Christ, um, 
I want to also share a resource uh, that's been uh, really helpful. Uh, it, it's a book called Clean by Dr. Doug Weiss. Uh, again, it's just Clean by Dr. Uh, Doug Weiss, uh, and, and it's the best book that I've read uh, on a very uh, practical, pointed to uh, the Lord of how to have victory over uh, pornography. So, Father, I thank you for this listener that had the boldness to ask this question. I pray, God, that you would really give them victory over porn. Uh, Lord, that you would d defeat this passion for sin with a greater passion for Jesus Christ and that your light would come into the struggle, that you would set them free, that you would give them accountability inside of the body of Christ. So we just pray that you would bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. Thank you so much uh, for joining me uh, this afternoon. If you've got a question that's on your heart this afternoon, you can call at 303 690 3000. Please stay with me. We're going to head to a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. It's great to be with you. Hope you're having a good Friday afternoon. We're going to get back to our phone lines. Let's go to line two to Alex in Denver. Alex, welcome to the program. Hey, God bless you, brother. God bless you, too. Uh, I got a question as far as in, it's, it's kind of through the Bible, uh, where in Amos, God says, I will do nothing unless I reveal it to my servants, the prophets, first. And then it goes into Malachi, says, before that great and dreadful day, I will send you Elijah the prophet. And then through the seven church ages, each one of the church ages had a messenger, an angel. But in the seventh mm -hmm. church age, where we're at today, the seventh one, where is that angel that's rounding up God's people? Because every time he sends a prophet, he gathers his people, and then he judges the rest. And then in, mm -hmm. in Revelations 10, 7, he says that uh, when the seventh angel messenger sounds, all the mysteries of God would be fulfilled. So I was wondering, where is that seventh angel for that seventh church age in which we are because of the condition of this church age is... Uh, naked, miserable, blind, wretched, and don't even know it. So out of that mm -hmm. condition, he's going to send a messenger to gather his people up, just like he's done all through the Bible. I was wondering, do you right. know who that seventh angel messenger? Because they, a lot of people say it's John. And they ask John, are you that messenger or are you that Elijah? And he says, no. Right. Yeah. I agree with you. As we look at Scripture in dark times spiritually, God raises up a messenger. Uh, we see that uh, with Elijah in the Old Testament. Uh, you, you have Ahab, who, who was so wicked, and Jezebel, and God rose up Elijah to be a voice into that. 
Um, and, and I don't know specifically who's going to uh, be the messenger, but I know that it is God's heart uh, to, to raise up those with his message. And I also know it's God's heart for, for all of us uh, to take his message, uh, you know, to, 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 to cry out, uh, uh, to, to share the truth uh, in love with, with those that will uh, listen. And so that's our hope and prayer is that in this dark time spiritually that God would, would do a great work. You know, because in this last age is his bride's message, and the bride brings forth children. And so, you know, if he's calling his bride, like, the, you know, the bride chamber, and also when he calls uh, on the ten foolish virgins, uh, when the bridegroom calleth, five were wise mm-hmm. and five were foolish. So when he's calling out his, calling for his bride, she prepares herself. Mm-hmm. So where is that call? You know what I mean? Who is that person that's going to make that call? Because he has to be sent. Because if the Antichrist is in on the scene, well, he's got to have his messenger to call him out. That's why he says, come out of her, my people. So yeah. He's calling that call. So there's got to be a message out there that he's calling, calling his bride. Well, let's pray for the church and pray that God would uh, continue to stir the church. So, Father, thanks for Alex and his heart for the church and... Lord, we do uh, know that it's a dark time spiritually, and we pray that you uh, would move in a powerful way and that we would all be willing to take your message and declare Jesus. Uh, We know that Jesus uh, is the the ultimate revelation of the Father, the perfect representation of of, of who he is. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for calling, Alex. God bless you. Let's go to line one in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to Lou. Lou, welcome to the program. Uh, this is actually Will. Uh, hi, Eric. I just had a question about Jacob in Genesis, who later becomes okay. Israel. Why did God keep blessing him? I mean, he didn't sound like that great a guy, and... You know, there was a lot of lying and sneaking, and I just didn't understand why God chose him and kept blessing him. Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and I think the answer is the mystery of God's grace um, that that God chooses the weak and the foolish things uh, to confound the wise. Um, and it wasn't that Jacob was deserving; it was that God was was gracious. And in the ultimate storyline of Jacob's life, he, he ultimately does surrender to God as he wrestles with God and God wins uh, and he's surrendered to the Lord and God changes his name uh, from Jacob to Israel. Uh, Jacob mm-hmm. means he- heel catcher and Israel means governed by God. Um, but I think that the reason that God uh, continued to, to bless him when he didn't deserve it is because God's gracious then um, that ultimately points to the sacrifice of Jesus. You know, why did why did God send His Son when we didn't deserve it? Uh, because God is gracious, and and hopefully uh, His kindness then leads us to surrender. That we would surrender our lives and be completely governed by the Lord. But it's a it's a great story there in Genesis, and it is pretty mind blowing how the Lord um, was gracious to Jacob. Yeah, I'm just starting my way through the Bible, and I got to that part. It's like, yeah, what's going on with he? What's going on with this guy? You know? Yeah, yeah. That's a great question, Will. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your answer. You bet. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to Calvary Live today. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Samantha on line three. Samantha, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, well, thank you. Um, so my question isn't really specifically faith-based. It's more of just a life situation I'm going through. Yeah, um, yeah great. So I work with all guys, and um, one of them just keeps saying like weird, thing, weird things to me that make me uncomfortable, and it's, I just feel it's very unprofessional. And um, mm-hmm. I've even talked to my bosses and some of my coworkers, and they kind of like you know, they might like laugh about it or think it's funny. And to me, it's not. And it just makes me wonder, like, should I not be working with these guys? <laughs> if they're mm-hmm. saying like, you know, things that are weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, definitely, I think not just putting up with it and, you know, talking to your boss is is definitely the, the right thing. Um, and maybe talking with him him again. And I don't know if your boss has a boss, um, you know, but I think uh, sounding that alarm is, is really good and, and important. And um, it may be wise to uh, start looking for another job, see if God would open up another opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think it's something that you should just have to put up with or, um, you know, kind of accept what the world may say that that kind of yeah. conversation is is OK, you know, or, or uh-huh. you just have to, you know, put up with it. Um and so, yeah, I'm sorry that you're you're going through that. And I, I would continue to sound the alarm and, and then also just continue to ask the Lord, you know, do you want me to stay here or do you want me to look for another another opportunity? Um, and I know sometimes it's hard to sound that alarm, but I think it's 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 in the good of all involved. You know, it's mm-hmm. even though it doesn't seem like it, even to this guy that's making these uh, comments, you know, he needs to be held accountable. Um, it's it's going to be a better organization if it's dealt with uh, uh, than just, you know, swept under the carpet. So, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much. Yeah. Can I pray for you? Sure. Lord, I, I thank you uh, for Samantha and lift her up to you, God. And Lord, as she's going through this difficult work situation, we pray you protect her and Give her favor, give her wisdom. I pray for the uh, bosses and the authority of that job that they would listen and and do the right thing. And uh, Lord, we pray for this guy that's making these comments that he would uh, be convicted, Lord. And so would you uh, just protect Samantha and give her wisdom. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much. You bet. God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Eric in Briggsdale, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Eric. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Fantastic, sir. Hey, uh, awesome. I just... Uh, started listening to your program probably uh, maybe a year ago, and uh, I've been Catholic. I'm going to be Catholic, and I'll always be Catholic, but uh, um, what you're doing is uh, is pretty cool, and uh, I think you do a lot of good for a lot of people, and uh, I've actually learned a lot listening to uh, 
to uh, to your to your program and and uh, to this station in general. So uh, well, awesome. I just want to throw that out there and uh, like I say uh, keep doing a great job, man. I I think uh, I think you're I think you're spot on. I do. Well, thanks, Eric, and praise the Lord. We're really glad that you're listening and glad that you found uh, Grace Grace FM. So, Lord bless you. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks for calling. Have a fantastic day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Or you can send a text, 720-336-0897. I'm going to jump over and take some texts that have come in. Thanks so much for sending these text questions in. How would Jesus' followers have understood from him to tell them to take up their cross and follow him when he had not died on the cross? What would that have meant to the people? Um, that's a good question, and I think the cultural understanding for them at the time is they lived in the atmosphere of crucifixion. The Romans would crucify many, and so uh, when Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, the message was really clear to them that uh, it's the end of your life. Uh, when you choose to follow me, it's it's the end of, of your life. And then Jesus went on to explain that and said, if anyone seeks to save their life, they'll lose it. But if you uh, lose your life uh, for my sake, uh, you'll you'll find it. And so I think that they would understand that that meant that they were going to have to uh, lose their life, lay down their life for Christ. Another uh, text question that has come in says, uh, a friend's daughter is suffering from anorexia. Uh, She's close to death because of her illness and receives treatment uh, every day. They drive an hour and a half uh, to get her treatment in Denver. Uh, Please uh, pray for them. Absolutely. Uh, Father, we just pray uh, for for the, the friend and the daughter specifically, Lord, as she's suffering from anorexia. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you uh, would would bring healing, that you would touch her heart and her soul. Uh, Lord, the deepest part of her, uh, Lord, would be uh, just set free by you and that you would save her life, Lord, that she, uh, she wouldn't uh, pass away from this, Lord, that you would rescue her. We pray for the parents that you'd give them real strength uh, as they, they deal with this and walk through this. And so we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Just want to encourage everyone listening today um, to really write that uh, down. Uh, to We don't know the name of this gal who's going through this, but man, the seriousness is, is there. And let's respond as the, the body of Christ to really uh, pray for her. Another prayer request has come in. Uh, we would love prayer. My music career isn't going anywhere. And my two-year-old is hard to handle uh, constantly thinking of giving up. Yeah, let's, let's pray for you. And I just want to encourage you uh, to not give up, that the Lord loves you, that he has a future and a hope uh, for you. And the Bible uh, tells us that his strength is made perfect in weakness. And I want to just pray over you and pray that God would encourage you. Father, you know uh, this listener, Lord, that's just struggling. Uh, Lord, I can just picture them uh, being in a place of discouragement, uh, reaching to their phone, sending this text, and crying out to you. And, and Lord, would you provide? Lord, the music career isn't going anywhere right now. And Lord, would you open doors, Lord, uh, new doors of opportunity, new doors in the music career? 
Lord, and as the, their child's too and difficult to handle, Lord, that's so difficult. May you give them strength. Would you meet them, uh, Lord, just like you met people in your word, Paul and David and Peter. Lord, would you would you meet with them and encourage them? We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000. Let's go to Angela on line three in Indiana. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, this is pretty odd how God worked this out. I have not been successful in trying to find a Christian radio station where I currently live at. I came from uh, Indiana with my two children, and now we're in New Jersey. And I okay. have not, it's just, there will not be a radio station that stays in at all for Christian radio music. And I've been discouraged huh. because I've been involved with... Um, a ministry in the church that I used to go to where I was dancing and um, with my flags, and now I'm in another state that does not believe in that, and not only that, but I'm not, I'm just having a real difficult time also finding a spot for my son who does not, he has autism, so I don't have Hmm. any support in in that area either, where he's, you know, where he can feel comfortable, he's not being hushed, he's not being whisked away. Um, right. So I've been really, instead of just sitting here doing nothing at home, I'd rather be serving God, you know, and I right. just feel discouraged. I feel like I'm not being used. I feel like, why did I come from, <laughs> I mean, I, I understand God brought me here for a reason, but it's like, I'm just kind of like sitting here wasting time. I feel like I want to be yeah. involved with what, what God's doing. I, I really felt like I was thriving in Him when I was doing ministering and um, keeping my kids in church. But ever since we've been here, we've yeah. been doing nothing. Okay. Well, I want to pray for you, Angela, and I'm really glad that you're listening today. And, uh, you know, I would just encourage you to keep looking. You know, there's, there's, I know there's good churches in, in uh, New Jersey, um, and we're going to pray that God just really helps you and your family find that perfect fit uh, for you in your new home. So let's pray for you, okay? Father, thank you for Angela, and we lift her up to you, God. And Lord, transition is so hard, and moving is so difficult, and going to a new state where you don't know anyone, and leaving a church that you love, and that you know people and are known by people. And God, I pray that you would comfort them and give them peace, and that you would also uh, lead them to a church that's going to be a great fit for them, uh, Lord, that is, is going to meet their needs, and, and uh, Lord, that you, a place where her son uh, could be loved and accepted, and, and uh, Lord, so would you encourage her? Would you strengthen them? Would you give them guidance on where to be able to look and uh, protect them from discouragement? So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric. The number is 303-690-3000. Let's go to Olga on line one. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, I have a question. Unfortunately, I don't remember the exact place where it's written, but I think it's somewhere in Psalms that um, I think it's David that says that God put a limit to the ocean, how far it can go, like a boundary, and it will not cross that boundary. But I know that sometimes we have floods or hurricanes come and the ocean goes across that boundary. So is this a poetic language and we are not supposed to take it literally, or how can you explain that 
the ocean does cross the boundary. You know, what comes to my mind is, is sometimes, you know, where we've chosen to, to build cities uh, is not necessarily the wisest. Uh, when you when you think of uh, the ocean and how the ocean can can uh, expand or uh, diminish. Um, and uh, uh, so that's a part of it. Um, you know, uh, that's something to, to factor in um, and, and consider, you know, where where we might want the, the oceans to be limited is not necessarily where God maybe has put uh, uh, the limit. And then also we do know that we live in a fallen world where, where there's going to be disaster, uh, there's going to be fires, there's going to be pestilence, there's, there's going to be hurricane, and there's, there's going to be more of that uh, until uh, Jesus returns. And ultimately all of that is uh, birth pains or warning signs uh, leading up to uh, the coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, I also had a thought, I don't know if this is the right thought, that uh, sometimes when you read Psalms, that it may be um, David's opinion, and uh, for his, for his, like in his perspective, for his time, maybe he has never witnessed like a big flood or something like that, but God knows better. Is that like the right way to look at it, or... It's not a good way to interpret that. You know, the I'm not familiar with the exact psalm that you're you're referring to, um, but there there are times that there is figurative language uh, in in the psalms, um, and you you have to be careful in reading and interpreting the the psalms. Uh, that you don't explain everything away in in figurative language, uh, but there is is uh, some of that. You know, I I don't think that uh, you know David's making a doctrinal statement about floods or that there's not going to be floods uh, in in stating that there's limits to the ocean. Um, you know, he's just observing the world and and knowing in in general. Uh, there is limits to the ocean. I mean, the ocean's only going to come so far up. Um, uh, mm. And and uh, so I don't know if that's helpful for you, but uh, okay. that's uh, yeah. I I wish I had like remembered the fall uh, where it was written. I tried to look it up, but I couldn't quickly find it. Thank you. That explains. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, thanks for thanks for calling and thanks for listening. And have a great night. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. Uh, the number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. I'm going to jump over and take some text questions uh, that have come in. Thank you guys for sending these over to me. I've received lots of those. Text question uh, that's come in is, what does it mean to store up treasures uh, in heaven? Um, and so there is going to be a reward in heaven. Uh, Jesus makes that very clear. Uh, it's a teaching throughout uh, the New Testament. Um, and as uh, we choose to serve the Lord and give to his work, Jesus tells us that we're laying up uh, treasures uh, in heaven. And we don't know exactly how that that's going to look, but there is, it's speaking of uh, the reward uh, that is going to be given to us uh, in eternity. And some would say, well, why would we care about reward? Isn't uh, heaven enough? And the reality is, is we're going to be able to take those those treasures, those crowns, and lay them down uh, at the feet of Jesus. So... Thanks so much uh, for sending that in. Hopefully that is helpful to you. Another uh, 
text question uh, that has come in. Um, want to take a look at that? Is also we still have all of our open lines. So if you would like to to call in with any questions, the number is three zero three six nine zero three thousand. 303-690-3000 or you can send a text at 720-336-0897 as this uh, text has uh, come in says my husband says that they are in sin and they need to separate and make things right what is right and biblical and is there uh, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time following that uh, text, so I'm going to have to jump up to a different uh, text that has come in. Okay, here we go. How do you know if you're dealing with someone who is possessed, and how do you help deliver them? What steps do I take? Um, so this is a, this is a good uh, question. When I always want to try to answer things through uh, the lens of of scripture. And when we see in the scripture, it was always very clear that someone was demon-possessed. And so I think if you encounter someone that's demon-possessed, there's going to be behavior that's so abnormal uh, that it's clear that it's from a demonic realm. And then also in the book of Jude, uh, we see that, that Michael, when he was dealing with Satan, uh, said, The Lord rebuke you. And so you want to ask that Jesus would rebuke uh, these demons and ask Jesus to uh, deliver this person uh, from being demon-possessed. And also, I think it's great to deal this uh, with a body. You know, have, have two or three other believers uh, joining uh, with you uh, as well. Uh, so... Another text that has come in. I want to take a look at this. Um, it says, Hi, Pastor Eric. I was wondering about the passage, I believe, in Isaiah that talks about the fall of Lucifer. How do we know that this is referring to Satan and not the king of Babylon? I believe that this is in Isaiah uh, chapter 14. And as we look at this, uh, it does seem to uh, be pointing to uh, uh, Lucifer, to, to Satan. Um, and many times in the Old Testament with the prophets, there is a dual meaning. So I want to go ahead and uh, uh, read this to you. It's uh, in Isaiah 14, verse 12. It says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you've said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud, and I will be like the Most High. You shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest parts of the pit. And so it seems to clearly be pointing to uh, Lucifer. Uh, also uh, could be referring to the king of Babylon as well. So thank you for uh, sending in that text question as well. We've got a few minutes left on today's program. Let's jump over to our phone lines to Richard in Fort Collins. Richard, welcome to the program. Hey, uh, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good, good to hear your voice. Um, yeah. I had a question about the gospel of inclusion. Have you heard about that? I have not heard of that, no. Uh, yeah, so um, I don't know if you're familiar with, with a guy named Carlton Pearson. Um, he has a, a movie out called Come Sunday, but it's about the gospel inclusion, which says that everyone is saved, you know, regardless 
you know, God came, came and saved the whole world. So, in, in other words, he didn't, he didn't think that, he doesn't believe that hell exists, but he does believe right. in, that everybody is saved. Right. What, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, so also that's uh, referred to as universalism, it's, uh, and it's that, that exactly what you're declaring. Um, uh, and I don't believe that it lines up with Scripture at all. Um, you know, John 14, 6 tells us uh, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, no one comes to the Father uh, except through him. You know, John 3.16 makes it really clear uh, that those who believe are are saved. And then if you go on to read John 3.17 and 18, it says that those who don't believe are condemned already. Um, And so I think it's very clear throughout Scripture that we have to uh, receive Christ, to to choose to believe um, and to allow him to be the Lord of our lives in order to uh, be saved. And then I think that the Scripture is very clear uh, that there is a literal hell um, and punishment for those who uh, reject Christ. So, Absolutely. Okay. Just just want to get your take on that. Yeah. Thanks uh, for— I just want to thank thank you for uh, doing the show, man. You're doing a great job. and. You know, reaching, you know, answering questions and reaching other people to Christ. So, all right. Well, thanks, Richard. God bless you. God bless you too. You have a good night. You too. Bye bye. I want to invite you to come to Rocky Mountain Calvary this weekend. If you live in Colorado Springs, uh, we are looking at Ephesians 5 and specifically on marriage. And so if you are looking for a home church, looking for a place to fellowship, please come and join us. We have services uh, Saturday night at 6 and Sunday morning at 9 and 11. Also, you can listen to our services on our live stream on our website, rmcalvary.org. As we end today's program, I just want to encourage you that God loves you, that he's with you, and whatever you're going through, uh, he is present uh, in your life. So may God just pour out his peace upon you, and uh, may you be affirmed in the fact that he loves you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.